0: Howdy, folks. Welcome to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is episode 131 of the show. Welcome, welcome. You can get in touch at Teal Productions on Twitter if you want me to tweet you. Teal is T E A L, like the color. Teal Productions and Lords of Order both have Facebook pages. The Dr. Fate fan podcast at gmail.com is the email address. BigTimeNoise.com slash DrFate is the website, and our forums are at justanotherfanboy.freeforums.net. The book I'm looking at is Justice League of America 83, the first volume, starting in uh, 1960 is when that one started. It is cover dated September 1970 and went on sale July 28, 1970. The title of the story is Where Valor Fails, Will Magic triumph scripted for us by denny o'neill penciled by dick Dillon, inked by joe giella lettered by john Costanza, and the cover is by murphy anderson now on the cover we have on the left hand side the earth one folks superman batman flash black canary green lantern adam and green arrow and on the right side earth two folks specter dr fate wonder woman hour man johnny thunder Starman and Johnny Thunder's Thunderbolt. In the middle, we have a crypt with uh, something sitting atop of it. Batman, Superman, and Dr. Fate are there. Dr. Fate is saying, I summon a dead man to save the life of the Earth. And from the crypt is appearing the specter. I wish I knew who that was on top of the crypt. Hmm, but I don't. Fifteen cents. The book was fifteen cents. When we open, our narrator is telling us all things that exist are related, though not be flung farther than the mind can imagine. And what touches one touches all. You doubt? Then listen. Listen to the words of Creator 2, Master World Builder from a distant galaxy. And he goes on to regale us with what is going on. Uh, Most of that is a pretty good recap for what occurred last issue. When Earth-1 and Earth-2 come together, their destruction will release the energy. I need to make a perfectly splendid new planet, he is telling his medicants. And to the words of the lovely Black Canary, who on the satellite over Earth-1 is thinking I must be the link, the reason our separate Earths are about to collide, it's obvious that I must die. And then there's a panel here of the Red Tornado being caught in some odd green nimbus of energy as he's out in space with a pink uh, planetoid of some sort wishing by. Uh, whooshing by, not wish, but swish, yeah, whatever. Uh, now look upon one who does not speak, the android Red t- Tornado. Asleep in the gap between the dimensions, placed there by aliens who caused the famed Justice Society to ask. Boy, words are tough right now. Where valor fails, will magic triumph. The story of the title of the story. Aboard uh, their alien vessel uh, orbiting Earth 2 is Creator 2 and his medicants. Uh, One medicant is indicating that the matrix correctors have been placed. These are. Devices that had to be placed on Earth-2 so that it will um, line up with Earth-1 appropriately and then the two Earths attempting to exist in the same place at the same time will destroy each other. And Creator 2 will be able to use that energy to manufacture a planet that he has been contracted to manufacture. He indicates though, there is one slight annoyance. The Justice Society have tried three times to interfere Things are getting too close to, to fruition to allow them to interfere anymore. I'm going to attack them directly to take care of them. So he sends the rest of his minions down with, or he, he sends a set of snare nets down, excuse me, not his minions, just the snare nets. Each snare net apparently is programmed to be able to take out. Any JSA member that it encounters, so it, it has knowledge of all powers of all JSA members, and thus can defeat them. Down at the JSA brownstone, we see the Flash, Doctor Midnight, and Superman laid out on a big table, with Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Doctor Fate, Doctor Midnight, Starman, and Johnny Thunder circled around them, trying to figure out what has weighed Low laid low. Are our members here. They're talking and the snare nets break through the building themselves. And each snare net is attached to a couple uh, brain-containing tendril-like things. That's what basically controls them. So they attack the JSA. Starman is the first to find out when he hits one with his cosmic rod, a, a beam from his cosmic rod, that uh, no, that's not going to work because it sends the force right back at Starman. Uh, dislodging the cosmic rod from his hands. Johnny Thunder calls on his thunderbolt to do something. Wonder Woman, (laughs) my bracelets, I can't keep them apart. I'm handcuffed and helpless. Mm, More uh, odd Sappho delights for Wonder Woman, might I say. No, not Sappho. Just odd bondage delights. Uh, We see our man taking a miracle pill and jumping into the fray, avoids a couple of the snare nets, but then suddenly starts to vibrate, 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 faster, 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 faster. And then he says, I understand somehow the time I exist in relative to the rest of the universe is accelerated. My hour will pass in the space of a normal second. And he collapses. So now Johnny Thunder has seen uh, a couple of his teammates fall, and he goes to the Thunderbolt and says, Come on, dummy, will you do something? And the Thunderbolt basically says, dog, I can only take commands from you. What do you want me to do? We cut to Earth-1, the JLA satellite that is located conveniently 22,300 miles above the Earth in geosynchronous orbit over the United States. Black Canary is bemoaning the fact that she has come to the conclusion that she is the one causing Earth 1 and Earth 2 to merge, and the only way to stop is for her to not exist any longer. Well, Green Arrow is tired of that talk, okay? He ain't having it. Adam says, but dude, she may be right. We don't know. And Green Arrow says, I don't care if she is right. No. Green Lantern thinks about it for a minute and says, yeah, you're right. There's got to be something else that we can do or even another possibility. I'll get on in in my police spaceman togs and and go out here and check. So he flies out of the satellite into space and he's zipping around in his green nimbus of energy. He decides he's going to check out the barriers or maybe cross the barrier from Earth 1 to Earth 2. And in the meantime, encounters in between... In the perfect middle of the space, Red Tornado. He approaches Red Tornado, but as he gets closer and closer, he is cut off by patterns of cosmos that have shifted. And so anytime he gets close, his target moves. And so he's having a hard time homing in on the target to get there. We cut to Earth One, where Hawkman, uh, yeah, Earth One, where Hawkman is walking the streets, um, mixing with the regular people, as he says he likes to do. And we see a weakening of the dimensional gulf between Earth-1 and Earth-2, and so hundreds, if not thousands, of people of Earth-2 appear on Earth-1 as uh, ghosts, uh, images. Hawkman is flying around trying to just keep tabs on things and maybe see if anybody needs any immediate help, since, you know, sitting around trying to figure out what exactly is going on is not his strong suit. He's definitely a man of action, although he doesn't have his mace with him at the moment, but... Man of action, he sees a grandma in a wheelchair, of course, about to be run down by a car and swoops down and helps her, sets her down on the ground, and as he's getting ready to take off to continue his patrol, we see that he says, I'm choking just like Batman passing out for no reason. But then we have a superimposed panel of the Hawkmans of Earth 1 and Earth 2, and we see Earth 2 has been captured by Creator 2's snare nets, and so as one falls, two fall. Cut back, everyone in the JSA has fallen at this point, except Johnny Thunder, his Thunderbolt, Dr. Fate, and Green Lantern. So next we focus on Green Lantern, who decides, yeah, I'm I'm not able to do anything. Maybe I need to get out where I can get more room. And so he busts out of the brownstone and goes zipping, flying around, realizes that these things are a little bit more coordinated than he thought. Looks like they're trying to outflank him. And then as he's hitting them with the green will of his power ring, they change shape, change form, become wood, become wooden cages, and they trap him. Subsequently, Green Lantern of Earth-1 is caught helpless as well. He indicates, I can't move, and I don't know why. It's like I'm enclosed in an invisible cage. So there we go. Before we cut to the satellite, which we will, uh, we have another deployment of letters here from Carl Leibold, Martin Pasco, Gerard Triano, and Mark Weinerman. Back to the story. We're on the JLA satellite. They're realizing, wow, Green Lantern's been gone a long time. I guess we should mark him down as lost. So Green Arrow and Black Canary are continuing to have discussions. She said, uh... Maybe she can just go to the transporter and set it to nowhere. That way she'll just simply cease. My atoms will, my, my spirit will drift among the stars eternally. In a way, it'll be beautiful. And Green Arrow says, in a pig's ear, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I like being alive. Being flesh and blood. And so do you. So the uh, the atom is kind of lost, and he just says, well, give it another 20 minutes or so. And if we don't come up with another idea, well, we'll decide that." because that's how much time they have left. Cutting back to Earth 2, we see Johnny Thunder and his Thunderbolt and Dr. Fate at wit's end. To wit, (laughs) Dr. Fate decides that he is going to transport everybody out that he perhaps has one last idea to try. Grabbing up Johnny and his Thunderbolt, he dematerializes from the brownstone and materializes in a graveyard in front of a particular crypt. Goes up to it and says, Dr. Fate does, Hear me, O ghost who walks, I summon you. Hear the request of Dr. Fate. And from the crypt uh, comes the specter who says, I hear and heed. How can the specter serve? And our narrator tells us the reason the specter abides in this crypt may not be related now. Rest assured that the story is fearsome indeed. And the specter tells us that he was trapped here in this crypt and couldn't leave until summoned by someone. So he has a plan. He's been watching, and he, he knows exactly what's going on, and he has a plan. So he takes uh, Dr. Fate and the Thunderbolt, leaving Johnny grounded, because they're, they're going to do an all-magic attack, since what they're trying to overcome is science. Science doesn't have any way to beat magic, ultimately. So now we have our final attack force of the Spectre, Dr. Fate, and Johnny Thunder's Thunderbolt. They approach the alien ship. Spectre decides that he is going to go and try to help Red Tornado, who again he has known this whole time what is going on with him. Sends Dr. Fate and the Thunderbolt to the ship. Well, he gets to Red Tornado and realizes no, that, that's not what I I need to do. I, I don't have enough time. I need to make a barrier. I need to be the barrier between the two Earths to keep them apart, no matter what. To give everybody as much time as we can, I will separate, keep separate, the two Earths. So the narrator tells us the Astral Avenger grows, thins, stretches thousands of miles to become a narrow thread, white, against the darkness of infinity. So on the ship, creator two sees that the two worlds are getting closer and closer, and he gets kind of distracted and Then he realizes that the Thunderbolt and Dr. Fate are too close, tries to zap them with ray guns from his ship, thinks he gets them, but in a last-ditch effort, using the last of his magic, Dr. Fate transports he and Thunderbolt into the ship and tells the Thunderbolt, you are our last hope, you must defeat everyone that's here. He does so, but he loses track of Creator 2, who makes a last-bid attempt to juice up the science needed to merge the two worlds. To stop him, Doctor Fate trashes the ship, blows it up, the and, and annihilate the ship. This unspeakable evil are his last words. So great is the explosion that the tremors reach into the farthest corners of Earth-1 and Earth-2. Red Tornado is released. Green uh, Lantern is released. At the last moment, I was able to erect an, an ectoplasmic shield Excuse me, around the Thunderbolt myself. We lived through the explosion. I doubt that any other did. Any other would have just been Creator 2 and his Medicants. All of that done, the Science released, uh, a Red Tornado released, the two worlds start pulling apart. But... The Spectre has become joined to each of the two worlds now. So as the worlds start to pull apart, so pulls apart the Spectre. As the two worlds, Earth 1 and Earth 2, are reset and saved, the Spectre discorporates. The narrator tells us, so capricious destiny denies Black Canary her end, giving it instead to that strangest of heroes, the Spectre. So the Spectre is seemingly destroyed. Everyone knows it, uh, the Justice Society is aware, the Justice League is aware. The two sides are talking about everything and trying to figure out, you know, what what they'll do and and how things are going to be and and everything like that. Green Arrow says I can't help feeling that somewhere somehow the ghostly guardian lives. He's too strong, too noble to die. We'll hear from him again. Count on it. And Adam says I hope you're right. The end. Half page ad for Super DC Giant Presents Binky and Super DC Giant Top Guns of the West, both out this same summer, dropping July 2nd and July 7th. An ad for the hard plastic toys for the Naval Force, ships and airplanes, and for the Civil War sets. Sell the cards, all the cards that you want and win prizes for selling cards. Add a miscellaneous item ad, including... Some of the classics like The 7-Foot Monster and Onion Gum, The Secret Spy Scope, Phony Cast, Miniature Secret Camera. That was always the one I wanted. Boomerang, Joy Buzzer, all from the Honor House Production Corporation of Lynbrook, New York. Hot Wheels, Sizzlers ad on the back cover. And that finishes our story. So, these team-ups... Earth-1 Red Tornado, Dinah Lance and her migration from Earth-2 to Earth-1, now the death of Spectre on Earth-2, ho ho ho, we know that's not true, but I'm not going to say where he pops up again. It's in a little while, but I'm not sure, I'd have to look up the exact book and see what the published date is for it and the time frame. But spoiler, the Spectre is not gone. He does resurface. Alrighty guys, that's all for me. Thanks for hanging in there. If you have any thoughts, give me some feedback. Uh, These crossovers have been fun. Next episode, though, we're taking a break from the crossovers, taking a look at 1941 volume of World's Finest, issue 208, next on the docket. Till then, ciao.